Hey everyone, this is Dr. Nick Hoffman at the Marist School. Welcome to Tales from the Social Studies Department, the podcast where the students tell you the stories that they wish were on the curriculum. Hi everyone, I'm Jane. I'm Mary Hall. And I'm Tally. And today we're going to talk about social experimentation in America. Some people have different interpretations of the term social experiment, but it's commonly defined as research done in physiological or psychological fields to see how groups of people react to certain situations and environments. Experimentation has been shown to be successful in some cases, but also gone in a different direction for others. Some famous experiments are Operation Midnight Climax, the Stanford Prison Experiment, the Milgram Experiment, the Bobo Doll Experiment, the Kitty Jevonos case, and MKUltra. Today, we'll look into the contents of these cases, why they were conducted, and the impact they had on American society. The first experiment we're going to look at is Operation Midnight Climax, which is one of the more controversial cases. The case was conducted beginning in 1954 by the CIA as a subproject of MKUltra. MKUltra was a series of illegal human experiments following the Cold War, which we'll get into later in the episode. The fears of the Soviet Union and China led the government to investigate ways of mind control. Sidney Gottlieb established the experiment and was granted permission to test drugs on unknowing citizens, hence why it's so controversial. Many federal agents, field operatives, and scientists worked on this experiment through the 50s until it was shut down. The experiment consisted of many safe houses run by the CIA in California and New York. Agents lured non-consenting clients back to safe houses so they could effectively test them with LSD. The results were not officially released. However, the minimal findings revealed that patients spoke far more freely after being introduced with, in, after being induced with LSD and other drugs. The contents of this experiment were extremely sparse. Even some of the highest government figures weren't aware that it was being conducted. In 1974, the New York Times reported the events of illegal spying and drug testing on citizens by the CIA. This resulted in an executive order in 1976 that prohibited experimentation with drugs on human subjects except with informed consent in writing and witnessed by a disinterested party of each human subject. Next, we're going to discuss the Stanford Prison Experiment, which was conducted in 1971 and is infamous for its results. It was designed to study the effects of situational variables in two weeks in a two-week simulation in a prison environment. The study was funded by the U.S. Office of Naval Research in order to study the antisocial behavior and conflict between military guards and prisoners. The day before they began the experiment, mock prison cells were set up to hold three prisoners. The researchers held an orientation day for the guards before the experiment began. The guards were instructed not to harm the prisoners without food or drink or physically, but to still maintain order. They were also provided with wooden batons and guard-looking clothes to establish status. During the experiment, however, guards were instructed to disrespect prisoners to make them feel inferior and lose individuality. Like, for example, they would call them by number instead of name. Prisoners quickly decided to stop responding and give little or no effort, being that they had no effect on what happened to them. On day three of the experiment, prisoners rebelled against the guards for the first time. The first prisoner to leave the experiment was Douglas Corpy. After having a mental breakdown, he was immediately released. As the days continued, the prisoners began to turn on each other as they saw the others as threats. Guards also allegedly got so caught up in their role that they emotionally, physically, and mentally humiliated their prisoners. Due to the increasing concern from parents and brutality from the guards, the experiment ended on day six. 
As a result of this study, U.S. prisoners have been run, U.S. prisons have been run differently due to the more evident risk of violence in prison. It has also caused controversy over the ethics of experiments similar to this because of the inability of participants to withdraw even after being told that they could do to their desire. The Milgram experiment is a similar study associated with the testing of obedience and authority in certain situations. In 1961, Milgram began his experiments as Milgram began his experiments as a response to genocide, specifically the obedience of Germans during the Nazi killings. He began his testing on Americans before using German participants. However, his results prohibited him from moving on to testing Germans. Each experiment began with three individuals, the experimenters who were in charge, the teachers who were led to think they were assisting but were actually the test subject, and the learners who were actors pretending to be volunteers. The experiment will begin as the teacher, subject, and the learner, actor, was taken into a room where the actor would be strapped into what looked to be an electric chair. The teacher would then be separated from the actor so that they could only communicate but not see each other. Next, the teacher was given words to pair, word pairs to teach the learner. After being told a word pair, the actor would push a button for a certain response. For any incorrect response, they were shocked. What the teacher didn't know was that the shocks were not real. If the teacher indicated a desire to stop, the experimenter would have a response that would influence the teacher to continue his questions. The results of the experiment concluded that 65% of the participants administered the full 450-volt shock, all administered to at least a 300-volt shock. The subjects all showed signs of doing so in some fashion, for example, trembling, sweating, nervous fits, etc. This experiment has been argued to be unethical due to its extreme emotional stress on participants. It has also been argued that these participants were not properly debriefed about their role. However, the majority admit to being glad they participated in that fashion. Next, we'll move on to the Bobo doll experiment or experiments, which were conducted between 1961 and 1963 by Albert Bandura. Bandura studied the behavior of children after watching an adult model act aggressively towards a doll. It was conducted at Stanford University using around 70 children from the nursery. Each child would be exposed to the experiment individually so that, so that they wouldn't be influenced. They would then observe two versions of the experiment. Some kids would observe aggressive behavior towards the doll, whereas others would just watch the adult play with the other toys in the room for around 10 minutes. The next phase would take the kids to a different room full of different toys. After being in the next room for not long, the child would then be told they had to leave because the toys weren't for them anymore. This was in order to build frustration in the kids. They would then be moved back into the original room with the Bobo dolls. Bandura found that the children exposed to previous violence on the doll were much more likely to do the same when they returned to the room. The verbal aggression was also shown to be higher in those exposed to the example of violence versus those not exposed. This experiment has also been used to support the claim that violent media can influence children to become more aggressive. Another case that we'll discuss today is the Kitty Jevonos case. The Kitty Jevonos case is less of an experimental study, but a case that prompted farther research into another psychological effect. In 1964, Kitty Jevonos was raped and murdered outside of her apartment building in Queens. What's interesting about this is that around 35 or more witnesses saw or heard the attack, but no one helped or called the police. This has prompted inquiries about what has become known as the bystander effect. 
The bystander effect is a theory that suggests that the more people present, the less likely they are to provide help. This murder prompted a series of studies to test this theory. Psychologists, psychologists John Darley and Viv Latane conducted these studies again due to their interest in Kitty's case. These experiments had two groups, a subject by themselves and multiple subjects in a group. A typical experiment would begin with a stage emergency. Then the researchers who would, would measure how long it would take for participants to intervene if they intervened at all. It was concluded that the larger the group of participants, the much less likely intervention and aid it was. The final and most infamous experiment we'll end with today is MKUltra, which is a series of experiments conducted in the early 1950s. As we mentioned earlier, MKUltra was a series of experiments, like Operation Midnight Climax. They aimed to develop mind-controlling drugs to use against the Soviets during the Cold War era. The CIA organized the events and kept the details under extremely high security at the time. It was finally brought to public attention in the mid-1970s. The events were extremely controversial because of the non-consented testing in the majority of the studies. LSD was administered to mental patients, prisoners, and drug addicts. At other points, patients were lured into testing centers and tested against their will. Hypnosis was also found to be studied in declassified documents from the 50s. In 1973, the Watergate scandal caused the CIA to order all MKUltra files to be destroyed. However, around 20,000 documents survived. The New York Times released an article claiming that the CIA did illegal experiments on non-consenting citizens, prompting investigations by the U.S. Congress. Ford then issued an executive order prohibiting experimentation without obvious consent. Mary Hall, what do you think about social experimentation before it was prohibited by Ford? Um, I think that honestly there wasn't a lot of discussion about it because I mean, they kept it under really high security. They didn't want people to know about it because they knew it was morally incorrect. So I think there was kind of a part of that where they, I mean, understood what they were doing was wrong. So it's not like they just believed that this was okay. But I, I personally think it was wrong. And obviously it is because now it's prohibited. So Yeah, I agree. They definitely didn't, like, they definitely knew it was wrong. I mean, it's obviously not right to test or give people LSD without their consent and, like, right. observe the reactions. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I feel like, like, natural laws and stuff, not natural laws, but, like, like inborn rights, natural rights that everyone has, like, you don't test someone without their consent. I also think that the government kind of officials, like the CIA, that kind of, like, organized all these experiments, like, for example, MKUltra, I feel like although they knew it was immoral, they kind of let their, like, almost love for the country get in the way because they were like, if we figure this out, even though it's immoral, the process is immoral, like, if we figure out how to create these, like, mind-reading whatever drugs, then maybe we'll be able to, it's for the better of the country, that kind of thing. So I feel like that definitely had an effect on their thought process and why they did it, even though obviously they knew it wasn't right well i think it was just because it was like because during the cold war obviously like tensions in america were very high we all we cared about on the home front was beating the soviet union and everything so i feel like during the cold war social experimentation was so popular because we kind of did lose our moral code because we were so focused on the competitiveness so that's why i feel like all the most of the social experiments we've like talked about today came out of or like happened during the cold war era right yeah and 
um, like everyone was was on edge with the, all the communism and thinking that communism was infiltrating like the country and everyone wanted answers to how to figure out who was communist and who was not. Right. It was a period of almost like extreme fear. So I feel like they went to extreme measures to yeah. kind of control that and find a way to get around that, even though they didn't really pick the right way. But at the end of the day, that's kind of, I think, what they were thinking. Obviously, again, wasn't right. But but I feel like at the end of the day with Ford, like establishing what is right. Well, I mean, he didn't really establish it, but he prohibited social experiment without consent without their knowing consent. I feel like at the end of the day, after that, people realized what were we doing in America, and they kind of just stopped and thought, what what, what were these social experiments? Because learning about them today, it kind of makes you feel like, how could anyone let this happen at the time? But, at the, but I feel like at the time, people thought it was okay. So it was right. a totally different environment. Right, I mean, everybody was just like on edge. And you can see the like, Regression after it's kind of put into the public eye, like how did they become much more consensual, even though, again, in some of these cases, like they still did kind of not debrief the patients as much as they should have, which is also why they've become more popular. But you can see how it becomes less and less controversial over the years because it becomes more to the moral code, I guess you could say. A question we have today is, are there social experiments going on that like we don't know about or that the public doesn't know about or that are hidden from us? I mean, I think absolutely, because especially with all the technology today, you just never know. I mean, everybody thinks they're being spied on or whatever, which could be considered a social experiment. But I think with everything today, it's not just stuff on paper anymore. Like it's so, so much easier to hide things or to find things if they were to find yeah. anything. But I think there's definitely a chance Yeah, I feel like social experimentation is a much broader picture than, like, we talk about. Because I feel like you could be being tested, but also at the same time, like, you could be part of a social experiment. But also you have no idea. No one else around you has any idea. And maybe the person even testing you has no idea what is actually going on. Yeah, it doesn't have to be as big as, like, MKUltra or (laughs) something like that. It could be something small in your everyday life that you don't even realize is part of a social experiment. Right, it's even like the placebo effect, like that kind of thing. Like you, it's just small little things in our like daily lives that we probably don't even think about, but it's been like just like that and it will continue to be like that or at least I think so. Yeah, I think talking about placebos is interesting because I didn't really know people actually used them in real life. Like I always heard in social experiments people use them to like test the effects if it like actually worked, but I didn't know that people took them in real life. And it, like, is duped as their medication. So I'm kind of like, wow, social experiments are real today. Right. I so mean, I definitely think with all the technology, I mean, if you're talking about medical experiment, even animal testing, like, people could consider that a type of social experiment. Yeah, because it's not really consensual. Right. Obviously. I mean, and obviously that's become a very public thing. And a lot of people, I mean, most people are against it, I would assume. Yeah. But And also, like, why didn't people, if people knew that social social experimentation was going on at the time, why didn't people, like, advocate or, like, rally against it? Because a lot of times now, like, there's obviously, like, human rights campaigns and, like, animal rights campaigns, obviously. So it's just, like, why didn't that happen back then? Right. I mean, back then, I feel like it was so, like, secret almost, like it would be today. But I think today, honestly, if we had found something as big as one of these or not as big as one of these, Mm. it would be a lot more 
um, kind of advocated for against it. Yeah, it's also easier to like spread information now with technology and like social media and news and all that. Whereas like in the 70s it was, and like back then it was like harder to kind of right. It would become spread all the or like learn what's going on like yeah. co- like nationwide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, true. Yeah. I feel like our country definitely has like elaborated on how we communicate with each other like you can like talk with someone across the country but in like the 70s like or like during the cold war era when like these social experiments were going on you like had no idea what was going on on the other side of the country right and you probably didn't for like weeks i mean it could be possible that they're even doing social experiments like across the country or with in other countries like that kind of thing like with the stuff today you just never know the possibilities true Well, we hope everybody enjoyed our podcast and hopefully learned a little bit about social experimentation in America. Maybe this even makes you think a little bit more about what's going on today. Maybe. I hope this provided y'all insight on, like, what social experimentation is and, like, how it is still a major part of our lives today. Even if it's just part of our history, it still could be going on today. So I hope y'all learned insight about that. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Tales from the Social Studies Department is a podcast of the Marist Podcasting Experiment and executive produced by Dr. Nick Hoffman. All views expressed herein are the views of the podcaster and not of Marist School, Dr. Hoffman, or the Social Studies Department at Marist School. Thank you.